You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Miracles. We're going to believe for miracles in your life this year. We're going to trust God's going to do some things that he's never done in your life. We're hoping and trusting, and it's going to be an exciting year. I, I, I know we have a, a lot to get to and a lot to do in order for that to come to pass, but I'm believing God, and this was a, a, a theme that last August began to well in my heart and work in my life, and, and uh, the more and more I encounter people, and, and there's just challenging situations and circumstances, walls have been built, challenges, sicknesses been felt, and, and all kinds of things, jobs over, just overwhelming, all kinds of things. Uh, this congregation, we need to discover the God of miracles. So I'm going to share the state of the church address this morning. It's a little bit more of a, um, I've been doing this for a while, first Sunday of every year. Um, so I'll begin, no joke this morning. I know you're all sad about that, but yeah, there we go. But let me begin. Um, this year, in the 27th year being pastor of Maple View Community Church, I'm praying that together as a church family, that you personally, you personally go deeper, wider, and further in God than you've ever gone before. Whether you've been here for 27 years or whether you are new here today, being a friend or foe would by this time next year have witnessed heaven touching our church family, but also heaven having touched you personally. Heaven wants to touch you. Having a God encounter of epic proportions not just knowing that God can touch you, but standing in faith, believing that he will touch you and those you love. Indeed, indeed there are battles with health and then sick with sickness. There's battles with bad habits and addictions and battles with loneliness and heartbreak and battles with depression and despair and battles with finances and debt battles with shame, guilt, suffering, and all the other possible situations you could come up with. I want you to experience the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. That this year would, have, would arrive a moment of divine in, in intervention in a spectacular, logic-defying way in your life that only could be described as a miracle. I want each of you to wake each day this year, remembering this 2024, to every day moving forward, the rest of 2024, I want you to remember the theme, miracles, each day that you wake. And that when your problems seem too big to solve, that you would lift up your eyes toward heaven and fix your eyes on Jesus from whom your help comes from. That you would hear the same words spoken to Jeremiah the prophet by God. Behold, I am the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? And that by year's end, you would testify like Job, who knew of life's hardships. He performs wonders and cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. And with boldness, be able to declare when the devil and all health breaks against you. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. My prayer is that you would make 2024 a personal pilgrimage, a personal pilgrimage in seeking the highest and best, discovering personally that no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. There's this moment in time in Scripture. Many strange things were occurring. Big problems seemed to be happening in the land without solutions. 
10 terrible plagues raging throughout the country for 40 days, leaving it in utter ruin and despair. The blast plague being the most terrifying of all, the firstborn of Egypt would be killed by what some would say is the very angel of death. I would surely have denied that myself if I had not listened to the others. I, would have sure, I surely would have died myself if I had not listened to the others and put the blood of the shed lamb over my door and the doorposts. I'm very glad I obeyed the strange instructions of this shepherd with the tales of God speaking in burning bushes and demanding Pharaoh our freedom. Shortly after the last terrible plague, all of Israel, about 600,000 of us packed up and left in the middle of the night, we escaped. We walked for three days up hills and down into the valleys. It was an arduous journey for sure. None of us had any idea where we were going. I simply had to trust the shepherd. After three days of walking, we reached the Red Sea. I was perplexed, for there was no place to go and no way to cross. That is when our problems became bigger still. We began to hear rumors of Pharaoh's army pursuing us with his mighty chariots. The great war machine of Egypt commanded by a possessed dark lord, Pharaoh, coming to destroy us. Those at the end of the line were starting to panic, fearing that they were all going to die. They had good reason. We were trapped. My unbearable life became even more unbearable. The crowd pushed me forward toward an ominous, raging sea. I'm surrounded by a vast multitude, all fearing for their lives. I'm being squeezed closer and closer to the water's edge. As darkness begins to fall in the last, in the last month and a half, flashes through my mind everything a blur since leaving Egypt. Did I make a mistake in following this mysterious shepherd, the one they call Moses. Who was Moses anyways except a man who had long ago in a rage took the life of an Israelite? And seeing the rising dust and hearing the roar of the Egyptian chariots growing closer in the background, my heart feels as if it's about to explode. In moments like these, you begin to wonder if you've made the right decision in following the shepherd. The situation is bleak. I see no escape. I realize it's too late. All is lost. The so-called deliverer of Israel has just got me killed. Where is the God of miracles? Everyone in the crowd here needs a miracle. But is God even listening and does he even care? I long to be once again in Egypt in making bricks and in slavery under Pharaoh. When your problems seem too big to solve, what do you do? Lift your eyes toward heaven from where your help comes from. Today, on the morning of the seventh day of January 2024, in the year of our Lord, in the 14th year of my annual State of the Church Address, I want to, in faith, declare to you the year of miracles. Where do you turn when your problems are too big to solve on your own? When there's no way over, no way under, no way around? Miracles. Paul Young Cho, the South Korean pastor, once said, you don't get what you want, you get what you are. Getting what you are on the inside is where we're gonna be going this year. My hope is that this year is to assist you in all becoming miracle-believing followers of Christ, not simply in word, but in reality and in truth. By nurturing the subtle yet personal indwelling presence of God in you, learning to walk and talk with him daily, 
followed by encountering his manifest presence in moments of corporate worship where, like in the book of Acts, the place was shaken. Finally, learning of the omnipresence of God, the always and everywhere presence of God that allows me to say with confidence that he is closer to you than you think. A year, it's gonna take some time. I know everything wrestles against our logic, all our rational wrestles against this. A year of building expectation and faith that when the world's problems seem too big to solve and where some may conclude, why bother? You would rise and say with authority, I serve a God of miracles and he's not done yet. When your personal problems seem too big to resolve and many seem too big to resolve, you may be tempted to say, did I make a mistake in following the shepherd, the shepherd king? There would come a resounding voice deep in your gut saying, Jesus is my Lord, my master, my savior. It ain't over yet. In a world that is angry, suspicious, and in disarray, this will not be an easy task for any of us in here to proclaim miracles. The last few years have left so many lives with heartache and pain, lost relationships, fake news, fraudulent leadership, lingering doubts of institutional religion, all birthed doubts in trusting the Lord our shepherd. I can only imagine that embracing the God of miracles will be an arduous journey for many that have dealt with disappointment with God. Only concerted energy from the entire pastoral staff and church staff in partnership, in partnership with all of the saints will be able to minister, will we be able to minister to the human needs that present themselves this year, together. But my goal through it out the whole, miracles. Miracles is going to be seen in a threefold thrust. First, a thrust toward providing a new perspective on old information. Practically speaking, that entails refreshing you in a number of Old Testament miracles, reviewing a number of Christ's miracles, reflecting on a few of the apostles' miracles, and remembering many of the Bible's forgotten miracles, like that of the man at 40 years of food being provided. Millions and millions and millions and millions of tons over 40 years. Secondly, target doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief creep in. We need to open up our hearts to receive to stand and to walk in logic-defying, miraculous faith. We need to once again open our hearts to that. This entails moving from resistance to receptivity, resisting the possibility of miracles to a receptivity, what you believe in your heart. What you believe and what you see are often at odds with one another. We have a faith that says this, but we often don't believe it, meaning assumptions based on culture, learning, and conditioning need to be reexamined in the church life. A change of spectacle, so to speak, is required in order to adjust your worldview to include that of the kingdom of God and operate, which operates beyond what meets the eye. Thirdly, the truth. I never want to violate sound doctrine for flaky or flashy, but you and I must both wrestle with these, those things that inhibit our ability to comprehend and believe the truth regarding the miraculous. The truth is, Jesus is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. We believe that, we hear it, we read it, scripture, but do we live it? Thrust toward providing a new perspective on old information. Jesus was the best teacher of all time, of all time. 
But it wasn't simply his teaching that attracted the crowds to him. As powerful as his teachings were, it wasn't just his wise and persuasive words. It also was a demonstration of the Spirit's power, his miracles. Jesus' ministry met human needs. The people who flocked to Jesus, flocked, were often weary, suffering many different kinds of affliction. Others were like lost sheep without a shepherd. They were hungry and thirsty for things that we are hungry and thirsty for, for health, for well-being, for longing, longing for abundance, for desperate, desperate for healing. And a careful study of scripture, and you'll discover once again, and we need to study some of these things, that Jesus often met physical needs of people before he met their spiritual needs. For reasons known only to the, our Heavenly Father, he chooses to use our human, your human predicaments to call out to him. Your human predicaments is, are often the opportunity God will use to draw others to himself. Your predicaments, how you live. There's two wonderful examples, a two for one in Mark chapter five. There's so many examples, it's so hard to pick, narrow them down. The, but in this case, Jairus' daughter, there's, let me tell the story from scripture. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. On his way to see the little girl, a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she, spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. See, both came looking for Jesus, not his teaching, but his touch. Miracles often happen when there is corresponding and cooperating faith. You need to want it. You need to approach him. Both human needs were healed. 12 years of affliction healed. Little girl of, a, of the synagogue's leader raised to life. God uses many different pathways in bringing people to know him. The supernatural targets, targeting doubt and unbelief. Hearts open to receive, stand and walk, and when, lo when logic-defined events take place. We need to start thinking that through again. You see, the fact of the matter is, miracles aren't just for the crowds. Not just to put on TV and to promote. And divine opportunities occur when God moves according to his timetable time upon individuals and groups. Sovereignty of God is not subject, is not a subject easily explained when he moves and why he moves. But I trust the righteous judge, the good, good father, the one who did not spare his son and gave him up for us all. For the eyes of God sees all the facts and knows the end as well as the beginning. He operates from the standpoint of the highest and wisest plan, not just for you and you alone, but for everyone around you. There was a Samaritan woman woman at the well. She found Jesus there. Jesus had long prior set out to be at the Sinkar where the well was. He'd arrived there right at before noon. And often Jesus doesn't come early in our lives. He never arrives early, but he's never late. He told her after some discussion, go and call your husband. Come back. She says, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. 
What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Something about his words, knowing all about her life. Jesus gave what's called the word of knowledge. It's one of the nine gifts of the Spirit, of the, of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit gave the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Information and understanding beyond what meets the eye. What did that do? What value was it? A broken woman and a whole town encountering the Messiah is how good it was. In Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus had a similar encounter in a tree. Jesus sees him in the tree, knows his heart. He calls him down and will be there. He will be there looking for the truth in your life as well. He's looking for that. He's wanting to call you. Everyday miracles can go unnoticed, but they are occurring often right before our eyes in the ways of divine appointments that don't often are seen. One of the things this year I want to do on the last Sunday of the month is to introduce what I'm calling to the staff and now to you, RX4X. It's a code, prescription for excitement. You know, the RX, if you're a doctor or a nurse, you'll understand that. This service is going to be, uh, again, a one-hour service packed full of energy, hard work ahead of time, prayer, praise, intercession. It's going to be a focus. You'll have spirited songs of music, videos, special ministry will be incorporated. There'll be something uh, happening out in the atrium uh, every RX4X, a coffee bar, a baristas, some special up, uh, upscale things. But a gospel presentation that will be exciting every time that you can invite your friends, family to in order to make decisions for Jesus. This is a service you can invite anybody to. A divine appointment, we're gonna believe, orchestrated by God, but requiring faith on your part to invite people to come. The miracle of salvation is still the most incredible miracle of all. And it's going to be truly part of our ministry of evangelism this coming year. We want, to do, we want to do our part in opening doors for miracles to happen. To open our hearts, open doors. In God's timetable, his presence will be felt, just like in Acts chapter 4, in the very ground shaken. And your friends and family, we're trusting. And you as well can be set free. Truth. I never want to violate sound doctrine for the flaky or flashy, but you and I both, mo both must wrestle with those things that inhibit our ability to comprehend the, the miraculous. 2024, you and I must commit to tearing down the strongholds of the works of darkness, the strongholds of enemy, the strongholds of Satan. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says this, the one who dwells, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil. That's a powerful statement. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of darkness. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Ephesians 3.10 says it is his intent that now through the church, you and I, the bride of Christ, the body of God, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. We don't just testify to the world. We just don't just testify and witness to those that come through the doors. We witness to the heavenly realms according to the eternal purposes that accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. If this is going to be a year of miracles, then it will be a year where the body of Christ at Mapleview must learn the authority you have in Jesus' name. We all must experience the power released through the gifts of the Spirit the Lord has equipped the bride with. We must learn not be moving strangely, but moving with authority. I'm truly 
looking to make, I'm not truly trying to make anyone feel uncomfortable, but the result of following Jesus at different times, following the shepherd, can be a harrowing, a harrowing, harrowing experience. After three days of walking, we reached the Red Sea. I was perplexed, for there was no place to go and no way to cross. The great war machine of Egypt, commanded by possessed dark lord, was closing in. The crowd was pushing me forward toward an ominous raging sea. The vast multitude, all fearing for their life. I'm being squeezed closer and closer to the water's edge. Did I make a mistake in following the mysterious shepherd named Moses? Named Jesus? Who is this man anyway? Seeing the rising dust and hearing the roar of the world around me, and with all my heart, feeling is about to explode. I began to wonder if I made the right decision in following the shepherd. The situation is bleak. I see no escape. Everything is lost. It's too late. But wait. Wait. What is the shepherd doing out there? I see him raising his staff to the water and looking into the sky. He begins to pray to God. Wait. What is it? I can't believe it. It can't be. The water is parting. A cloud of fire is holding back the army of Pharaoh. It's a miracle. You cannot watch the sea part and go through the walls of water on dry land and not be forever changed. Having faith in miracles reminds me that there is a God whose universe is full of wonder and possibilities outside my understanding beyond my comprehension. And it offers hope and inspiration in the face of the inexplicable. So what do you do in 2024 when your problems seem too big to solve? You lift your eyes toward heaven from where your help comes from. And you wait for God to act, to show up. Miracles. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, this theme is larger than any of us can hope to imagine. The very idea of a miracle is beyond comprehension for most of us and for all of us at different moments of time. And yet your word is filled full of them. The Bible rich with things that we just can't comprehend. When we lose hope, Lord, often you show up. You do show up. May we be a people of God that this year grow in our expectations and our understanding. May we confront those things that would hinder faith from happening in our hearts and lives. May we stir something deep within. May you stir something deep within that would resonate in our lives regarding this coming year. And Lord, though it be an arduous journey to believe you for some special happenings, Lord, I pray that we'd all be part of the multitude that is moving toward the freedom that you offer. Lord, help us. It's nothing we can conjure. It's nothing that we can manufacture or manipulate. It needs to be inside of us. It needs to be revealed in those divine moments when you show up. It needs to be what happens when we wrestle against flesh and blood. Well, not flesh and blood, but against principality and power. Lord, Direct our steps this year. Help us. 
all of us, our personal pilgrimage to find the God of our salvation, the power that you have to work within us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you praise and glory and honor as you continue to reveal yourself this entire year, the year of miracles. In Jesus' precious and strong name. And everybody would say? Hallelujah. One more time, everybody would say? Hallelujah. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.